What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. I'm your host, DeAndre Nicolette, a spirituality and mindset coach. In each episode, we dive into spiritual laws, neuro-linguistic programming techniques, and life design habits perfect for your journey to stepping into your power as a co-creator of your reality and manifesting a life you're completely obsessed with. If you're ready to stop settling for a career and a life that's less than what you deserve, all while learning how to quantum shift into the ideal, boss babe version of you, you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. So I am super excited to be back here today with you guys. And today it's not a solo episode. All right, you guys, today we're having a whole conversation on the podcast. Okay. And we are talking to Ella Sang and Ella is a spiritual success coach. Um, Ella is this amazing being that I have had the pleasure of meeting on my journey here um, and here, here on earth, actually, like on my journey here on earth. And she she is amazing. I remember we connected over Instagram and we instantly bonded because we were both spiritual beings as we all are, but we were both really into um, spirituality and manifestation, business, and we're both business owners and we're both coaches. And so we had so much to talk about. And over the time that I've kind of been in this niche, um, Ella has been someone that I have been easily able to connect with via Instagram DM. We've had awesome conversations via Zoom and she's just such a great person. And I wanted to have her on here today to kind of tell you guys more about who she is, what she does, and kind of all the things that really make her who she is in this industry um, and in this niche. And so I am very excited about this episode. This was one that I actually recorded a little bit before my YouTube test. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I think I talked about it in episode 17. And before I did the test, we actually recorded this episode. So this is something I've had kind of sitting on my computer for a minute. So do not come for me. That is now coming out. Don't snatch me, guys. I'm, I'm snatching myself, okay? Um, but it is just a 
very juicy episode. Ella talks so much about her journey. She talks about what got her to the point where she became a spiritual success coach. She talks about managing her business while also working at a Fortune 500 company. She talks about Kundalini Yoga. She talks about manifestation. She talks about all the things and it's really an awesome conversation. So if you are looking forward to learning more about Ella, learning more about what she does, learning more about how she found her way to this awesome industry and how we kind of became friends, go ahead and keep on listening. I will talk to you guys. I'll check in with you guys at the end of this episode to to kind of gauge how much you like it and get some of your feedback, okay? So here we go. Let's dive in. Hey guys, so I am here with Ella Sang, who I told you guys was going to be on the podcast. We had a little whole Instagram story about it. And basically, I want to take some time and have Ella introduce herself to you guys. So Ella, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yes, of course. So thank you so much, Deandra, for having me on this podcast. I'm so freaking excited to be here. So who am I? That's a big question. <laughs> so, I, so I am Ella. I'm a spiritual life and business coach. And what I do, like what is my sole purpose and my passion, as I always say, is that I empower badass, ambitious light workers, spiritual mm. badasses, to really connect within to their truths, to own their purpose, and to shine their light online and in this freaking world with confidence so that is in the form of an online business and really just all throughout their lives right I think it's just so important to empower light workers who know that they have a message but may be afraid of really stepping up and shining their light and sharing their truth when they are afraid of how people may look at them afraid of judgment or just afraid of whether or not they're good enough that's where I come in and that's where I come in with the spirituality tools with the mindset tools and ultimately with the aligned business strategy to get them to where they want to go ah I love that. <laughs> the moment I found you on Instagram, like I felt so, so drawn to you and so drawn to your message and the way that you share it. And I love that you talk about basically empowering light workers to share their message. And I know you grew up in a family where healthcare was the preferred career field. So how exactly did that work? Like, did you feel any sort of pressure to head into medicine? How did your family react when, you know, you didn't end up doing that? Yeah, a hundred percent. So to give a little bit of a backstory, I have two older sisters. Mm -hmm. My first, my oldest sister, she's a pharmacist. My second sister is a nurse. My brother-in-law is a doctor. So naturally growing up, it was like, so you're going to be the doctor of the family, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, nope, I hate biology. I hate sciences. Do not get me into that. Um, so it was actually really nice because I think being the youngest child and already having two daughters in healthcare and medicine, my parents were actually pretty open. And I think the greatest thing is that my parents saw from a young age that I'm a creative person. I was always, you know, doing crafts. I was always like, you know, Photoshopping things on the computer since a young age. They knew that I've always been a creative person. And so when I told them that I wanted to go to business school, they didn't really understand it. And I'm not kidding you. My mom literally asked me, so is business part of arts or science? (laughs) And I'm like, mom, business is on its own. It's commerce. Um, Overall, they were really supportive. And I think that the greatest thing is my dad is also in business. He's in sales. So he kind of understands, you know, where I'm coming from. And a little bit of him is like, yay, at last, a daughter that's more like me. So 
overall, they were very supportive. I know that initially they were a bit disappointed, but I think what they really understand after raising, you know, three daughters is that ultimately it's not about, you know, what we become in our career. It's whether or not we are really living a fulfilled, happy life. That's what it all comes down to. So I'm super grateful that my parents have been extremely supportive and helpful, you know, for me during my journey, always there for me and really rooting for me now to to become, you know, the world renowned spiritual life and business coach and motivational speaker that I'm on the track to becoming. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. I feel like parental support, well, family support in general, like it can be so important for some of us, especially when we're really close to our families or even if we're not that close, like sometimes just even having that support makes a world of a difference. I'm so glad you're able to have your parents' support, even though you didn't follow kind of like the path that they may have thought would be best for you. So you snagged your dream job as a digital manager of Maybelline, New York and SE Canada after college, which girl, let me, I, I love my makeup, <laughs> so I'm like all about this right now. But what made you decide to shift from a a career that was more kind of strategic and like um, business oriented and a traditional path, if you will, to kind of start this side business where you are incorporating like spiritual practices? Yeah. So I guess what really made me shift was honestly just like my own life experiences. When I started out this job, literally my dream job, I had it on my vision board. One of the proudest Mm. things I've ever manifested because literally I had the brand. I had the glass door screenshot of this job that I'm working today. It's insane. Like I got goosebumps when I saw it and I was like, wow, this is literally my reality. Mm -hmm. But what I realized starting this job very soon in is that it's very easy to allow yourself to become defined by what you do in a career, by what you do in a job. And for me, that was really the case where I started to associate my self-worth to how well I was doing in my job. When I started out at this job, I was only 20 years old, literally had no freaking idea what I was doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that created a lot of work anxiety for me. And ultimately, that led me to the hospital twice, um, also with a full-blown panic attack. And it was really this reminder for me that I need to shift away from the masculine energy all the time of like hustling, doing, you know, Mm -hmm. achieving, trying to get to the top, trying to prove my worth and really go back to the basics of understanding who I am as a person. Because up until that point of 20 years old, I had no idea who I am as a person, aside from the fact that, you know, I am an overachiever. I like to achieve things. I like to get good grades and perform well. Aside from that, I didn't have any sense of who I am. Um, And so what really pushed me to start my business and to really go more and more into spirituality was this realization that I am worth more than a job. I am worth more than a career at L'Oreal, which is amazing. But for me, I'm like, I am worth so much more than just sitting at a desk every single day. Like I know that I have so much value to offer the world, to share with people, to elevate the overall energetic vibration of this planet. And for me, I didn't know back then what was going to be the form of that. And literally I had prayed one day in meditation during one of the lowest points of my life during that time. It was June, 2017, where I sat in meditation and I asked, I was like, 
please just give me a sign. Please just help me universe because I don't know like what to do from here. I'm so stressed out. I'm so unhappy in my job, but I don't know any better. Like, I don't know what else I can do. And it was just the most miraculous thing because step by step, I was guided into Facebook groups. I started hearing about digital nomads, which up until that point in 2017, I've never heard of digital nomad and being an online entrepreneur. Like it wasn't a thing. Like I had been in digital marketing and have been passionate about digital marketing for so long, but I didn't know about this whole online coaching industry that existed. And so I was literally guided step by step by the universe into these Facebook groups and into the realization that I do have so much value to offer people. So when I first started out, it was very much focused on just online business strategy. But as I continue to evolve spiritually, as I continue to discover the power of connecting within, of understanding what is your truth and truly speaking and showing up from that place of alignment, the more and more I started incorporating that into my message and into my business and into the way that I serve people. So that is kind of what made me decide to make the shift. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think um, the part that you, where you were saying how when you're kind of working a traditional job and you start to identify yourself with your, with your position, with like whatever your role is. And uh, I think so many people like listening can relate to that, especially myself. And it's just like interesting because you'll find yourself like in this hustle mode, like doing and doing and doing and wanting this praise. But you also sometimes will be able to tell when your heart really isn't in it. And I think that the fact that you were able to really recognize that and ask for that sign and ask for guidance was so important because so many people will just kind of, you know, push that nudge away or kind of ignore that, that feeling that their heart is like sending to them about like, this isn't right, something is off and they'll keep hustling and pushing. And, you know, that only leads to kind of regrets and I'm out here like not trying to have any regrets. So, (laughs) so, um, did you have any limiting beliefs that you had to work through when you first started out in not only your career um, at Maybelline, but what about like when starting your business? And like, in addition to that, if you had any of these limiting beliefs, like what helped you o- to overcome them? Did you do any sort of mindset shifts, um, any sort of spiritual practices or what daily habits did you implement? Uh, I love this question so much because such a huge part of what I do, my message, the content that I share, the way that I help my clients, it's all rooted in limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so I think the important thing with limiting beliefs is to understand that, you know, a lot of times, yes, we can overcome them, but sometimes they can be sneaky, right? Even though we may think that we have overcome one, it can sneak back up. I always make the analogy. It's kind of like an (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Oh gosh. <laughs> like you thought you got rid of them, but then like he just lies into your DMs like, hey. No, you're blocked by. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So definitely I have dealt with a lot of limiting beliefs, especially when I started out. Um, and the biggest one for me, of course, is I'm not good enough. I'm not good mm. enough to do this. I'm not good enough to show up online. I'm not good enough to help people. I'm not good enough to, you know, teach people all my business strategy. I'm not good enough to do whatever, right? I'm not good enough. And The funniest thing um, that I learned from Tony Robbins is that, you know, as humans, we have two main fundamental limiting beliefs, right? It's I'm not good enough and I won't be loved. And usually they're interlinked because when you're not good enough, then you're afraid that you won't be loved, right? So knowing that, you know, this is something that is very common, um, the way that I really went to work about it was through different facets. Like there isn't really one right way to do anything. 
and I always talk about this, especially when it comes to spirituality and mindset work, a lot of times people tend to think that, oh, there's this magical strategy, this magical formula, do this and you will be saved. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that because everybody has a different way of thinking. Everybody has a different kind of way of working in their subconscious. So for me, it has really been this progressive discovery of what works for me and doing more of what works for me and less of what doesn't. Um, one, one way that has really worked for me is creating what I call um, an I am amazing list, right? Ooh. So yeah, so when the limiting belief of I am not good enough comes up, I counter that with evidence of why I am good enough, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm literally only 23. I've already worked three years in corporate. I have my own online business. I've achieved so much. I am a kind, loving person. I love spreading good vibes. People are lit up being around me. Like I write down all of these reasons of why I am good enough. And the craziest thing is that it works and it really helps to minimize the effect of that because what a belief really is is that it's something that is propped up by evidence right so mm -hmm. I like to think of a belief as a table and you have the legs of a table and which are like the evidence points the moment that you can create doubt and uncertainty in a belief especially in a limiting belief then you can start to weaken it and you can start to lessen the impact and to shift it right so that was one of like my starting points was every single day I was working with a coach back then who made me write out every single night five ways that I added value to the world right and then also writing out like why am I amazing and then from there it was really about you know bring in that spiritual practice it was really about um, for me meditating connecting back to my truth really coming home to who I am and the power the infinity that is within me and recognizing that wholeness inside and allowing that to come out more um, the other thing too that really helped me from an NLP perspective because I'm also a licensed NLP practitioner neuro-linguistic programming yay all about you know understanding your subconscious mind and one way that really helped me here and this is something that I learned from Tony Robbins specifically mm -hmm. is to associate enough pain to what your life will be like if you kept on holding on to a limiting belief, right? So I went to Unleash the Power Within, which is like this three-day seminar with Tony. And he made us do this exercise that was like, okay, close your eyes and think about the limiting belief that you currently have. So for me, it was, I'm not good enough, right? Um, and then it was like, okay, imagine your life a year from now. If you were to keep on living with that limiting belief, how much pain would you be having? And then you're like, oh crap, that'd be pretty shitty because I wouldn't be in action. I'd be feeling bad about myself. And then he's like, okay, imagine three years now, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 oh years, 25 years. How much pain would you have? Literally there in the stadium with like 10,000 people, everyone's like crying and screaming. And I was there too. Oh framing and it was so powerful like I can't tell you enough how that has lit up this fire inside me from that experience of every single time I think of okay I shouldn't take action I'm not good enough immediately mm -hmm. it's like think about all the pain that you will have if you don't take action because as humans it's always about shifting away from pain towards pleasure right so when yeah. we can associate enough pain to holding on to a limiting belief, there is no way that we wouldn't want to change. So that was a lot. Um, and that is only touching the surface of all the limiting belief work that I do. But those are yeah. some of the most powerful tools that I have used to counter my limiting beliefs and continuously, you know, use them as they start to creep up on me that I go like, nope, not today. Goodbye, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Oh my gosh. I love, um, that, that Tony Robbins one. Um, just because, like you said, we're always trying to like shift away from the things that pain us. Like mm-hmm. even, um, when you think of the example of like procrastination, that's like you putting off something because of the pain that you're associating with like doing whatever it is, like the, the, whatever you'll feel. And I think that's such a really good exercise. Like I'll definitely be doing that one. And I also like, um, how you talk about bringing in or like, uh, bring in doubt for that limiting belief. Cause like the more that you repeat something to yourself, like, like you said, you're putting more evidence there. So if you could introduce some sort of doubt that you repeat on a daily basis, I really think that has so much power because once you're like, Hmm, like, is this actually true? You start to see so much proof that it is not true or that it doesn't have to be true for you if you choose that. So I love that one. I love it. Um, so uh, I have a question about kind of like spirituality again. So did you ever experience any sort of like spiritual awakening? I know you kind of talk about you were sitting in that meditation when you kind of got, you know, the message about doing more. So like, how did this happen? I know for me, I can't really remember like how really my journey with spirituality started. Well, I kind of remember, but like, I don't have the exact like date in my head or whatever, but do you have an experience like that where you're like, oh, this is it? I'm all- yeah, like I can remember a few milestones and mm-hmm. you know what I really like to think about is that you know whenever we hit our rock bottoms those are the mm-hmm. moments when we really seek a spirituality and when spirituality can really find us right so for me I had a few of these rock bottom points the first one was when I was 19 so up mm-hmm. until then I was very much in my head in my mind all the time trying to get that 4.0 GPA and that was all that I cared about all that I defined myself worth by and there was this time when I went on exchange when I was 19 that I nearly failed a course mm. and it was um this finance course that I was taking that was actually at a way higher level than what I was supposed to be taking, but it was a mistake. So long story short, I was taking a class that was like four levels higher than what I was supposed to be taking. I barely passed. Okay. I barely made it. Um, but it was, I will never forget this incident because it was really my first step into spirituality. So coming back after exchange, I was waiting for my grades and I called my career, a career, my academic advisor. And I was like, Hey, like, I just want to check, like, did I pass this course? And that day, my actual academic advisor was on vacation. And it's just Mm -hmm. crazy how the story worked out. So what had happened was this other academic advisor was like, sorry, honey, but you didn't pass. Like you have to take it again. And like back then I had everything planned out of how I was going to take a summer course, graduate in three years, start working a job by, you know, by the time I'm 20 and everything mapped out. But it was this one incident that literally pushed me like off my feet. I was like, "Uh Oh, like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And then I remember after I got off the phone in that moment, my initial reaction was like, cry, not leave the house. Oh my God, this is the end of the world. But a voice came through and that was the first time that spirit spoke to me. Mm -hmm. I like chills just talking about this. Um, the voice came to me was you have two choices, right? If you keep on doing what you've always done, then you will always get what you have always gotten. So Mm -hmm. you can keep on doing what you've always done and get what you've always gotten or you can choose to do something differently. And literally it was like this light bulb moment that was like my first time that I became aware of the power of perception of how Mm -hmm. I can shift my perception on a situation. And instead of crying over spilled milk, I can go out there, be proactive and try to find a different solution. That was also the day that I became inspired. And I told my mom, I was like, 
I'm going to become Buddhist. And so we went out there, we got me a Buddha, got a bunch of Buddhist books, and I started reading Buddhism, which is really what kickstarted my spirituality. So I started meditating, things were going well, I started learning about mindfulness, about, you know, the power of now, um, about uh, really uh, letting go of desires and attachment and like, you know, like trying to avoid suffering and all that kind of stuff. But then... Um, within like a year from then, um, I got into a pretty bad relationship where I got cheated on. <laughs> and that was my second rock bottom mm-hmm. where I had thought that I knew everything about myself and about like keeping my calm. But really, I was still struggling with a lot of self-worth issues. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, you know, when I was cheated on, it was my second rock bottom where I had thrown everything, you know, about spirituality aside where it was like, okay, like if the universe really had my back, then this wouldn't happen. Right. I pushed mm-hmm. everything aside. I ended up falling into severe addiction <laughs> with everything external, romantic relationships, alcohol, uh, work. I became a workaholic. It was just really bad and negative. Um, and then that was also the time when I started working full time at L'Oreal, which then connects mm-hmm. me to the earlier part of the story that I talked about, about yeah. the severe work anxiety and everything. So literally it was all these like rock bottoms that Mm -hmm. got me to the point where I was like, something has to change. Something Mm -hmm. has to be different. And I knew that it wasn't the circumstances. It was how I look at the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So ever since that panic attack incident in June, 2017, you know, like asking for guidance from spirit, from the universe, I have been spiritual like ever since. And I've just been more and more spiritual by the day. Mm -hmm. And I came out of the spiritual closet officially last summer when I, where I was like, I am spiritual AF everyone. (laughs) I have like, I don't know, like 30 crystals and 10 Oracle card decks. And I talk to the universe. I write Mm -hmm. letters to the universe. I do all these crazy things. Um, and that brings us to today where I am spiritual AF and I teach people (laughs) how to be spiritual AF. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you actually mentioned when you were like, I'm going to be Buddhist. And you like went on and got all that stuff. I think one of my first like experiences into anything spiritual was actually when I started to listen to this secular Buddhism podcast, like I think it was like maybe a year or two ago. And I don't even know how the heck I stumbled across that podcast. Like I really don't know, but I remember like starting there and listening to that stuff and listening to like all these things about like letting go and like the ego and all these things. And it was such a cool intro because it's like the, like, it's like all these things, all these um, ideas, these like beliefs they are also interconnected. And once you kind of start to learn about them, like, and you dive down this rabbit hole and see how like everything is just so connected. It's really interesting. But I, I found it funny that you also started off like kind of Buddhist. <laughs> so. Yeah, I actually, I started off with a book called, uh, the Buddha walks into a bar. I think that is oh. literally the book. It's like, I think I have it. No, I don't have it on my desk right now. But yeah, it is literally like the best intro book to Buddhism because mm. it's about making Buddhism super relevant to day to day, right? It's about, it's not about like, oh, you have to follow all of these rules, but it's really mm-hmm. about like, how do you just bring mindfulness to every situation, like in a bar, like in work and day to day life. So I highly recommend that one. It's really good. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. You've been <laughs> recommending a bunch of books to me. I actually, um, Ella recommended a crystal grid or crystal guide book to me. I'll link it in the show notes, but I have been loving it. We'll be doing, you already know what I'm doing with that crystal book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I would love to know, right. So you talk about like kind of connecting with yourself, your meditation, speaking to the universe, the spirit, how, 
did you know that you'd figured out your calling and how, and what advice would you give to someone who's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, help me. I need an answer. What would you say to that person? I love this question. And my answer is very simple. Listen. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the nudges, right? Get quiet. And that's why meditation is so important because when your mind is loud, your ego is loud, you can't hear the callings of your soul. You can't hear the nudges of your soul, right? It's really about getting quiet, building that quietness into your daily practice and just practicing tuning in and listening to your soul and just acting on those little nudges, right? Those little intuitive callings. That's like, hmm, like go into the store or like go to this Facebook page or call up this person or read this book, right? Mm -hmm. Really, it's all about taking the little steps, right? I think sometimes a lot of us think like, oh, our calling, our purpose is so big and scary, but mm -hmm. it's not if we just take it one step at a time. So my biggest piece of advice would be to get quiet, listen to your soul, ask yourself, what would light me up today? Because when you follow what lights you up, you end up lighting up the world and you live your purpose and your calling in doing so, right? Your purpose and your calling is never a destination that you get to. It's really about listening to the nudges, acting on them, and continuing to be open to new opportunities, right? When I started out, I thought my calling was to be an online business strategist, to be a coach, to teach people social media marketing. And although I love social media, that is not my true calling, right? My true calling is really to connect people within to their power, um, and now it's like also adding in Kundalini yoga, right? So it's constantly evolving and it's really about listening to your soul nudges to the callings and also just following the signs and being open to everything. Mm -hmm. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is really stay open, listen. And the other thing too, is that sometimes your greatest calling is just beyond your greatest fear, right? Because- <laughs> Drop the wisdom. Drop it. <laughs> because your ego is always going to be trying to protect you, right? It's always mm -hmm. going to be like, oh, don't do this. Don't go outside the comfort zone. That's scary. But the moment that you witness that and the moment that you are willing to take that step beyond that fear, that is where the amazing things happen. That is where the magic happens, right? So if you are feeling called to do something, you are feeling that nudge, but you're like, oh, I'm afraid. I'm not sure if this is going to work out take that leap, take that mm -hmm. step. And in doing so, you will always be rewarded with the next step. And then ultimately you will get to your most abundant, radiant and fulfilling life. I love that. I think that is just really like perfect advice, honestly. Um, especially the part where you talk about being open, because I think sometimes people will ask for the signs, right? And they'll get them, they'll get those nudges, but they start to overthink or the ego comes into play and they're like, I can't do that or that doesn't make sense. And it's like, as long as you're open, once you ask for those nudges, like, and you're ready to actually follow the things that seem, they might seem a little weird or a little like, you know, outside of your zone of comfort or whatever it is. But if it's like something that keeps coming back to you, because I know for me personally, like those nudges, they just keep coming. Like if I ignore it, they come in different ways. They'll come through like, me thinking it, they'll come through someone suggesting it to me, like a person outside of myself. They'll come through like, like literally not just like friends, but strangers telling me things, right? So it's like really being open to the way you're going to receive the message because 
Um, personally, I don't, I don't think I meditate often enough and I'm trying to get more into different types of meditation, but, um, sometimes the nudge is just an external thing that keeps happening or, or a thought that keeps popping up or whatever it is. But I think just like you said, being open is so, so, so important when you're asking for that guidance. Yeah. And I think like, it also goes back to like remembering and recognizing that you already have the answer. So Mm. stop looking for your purpose outside of you. Stop waiting for one day someone to show up with the scroll. That's like, here you go. Voila. Here's your purpose. Mm -hmm. You already know the answer. It's about Mm -hmm. listening. It's about taking those steps and uncovering those layers that have been put on you over the years. Right. It's really about peeling it back layer by layer and inside the answer is already there. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we, we just asked about advice, but I want some more <laughs> advice from you because you're giving all the little good nuggets of wisdom. So what's a piece of advice that you could leave the audience with? So whether this be about business, about spirituality, what would it be? It would definitely be to remember that you always get the choice to choose how you look at every situation. And in every situation, you always get to lean towards the side of fear, which is rooted in scarcity and lack and judgment and attack. Or you can lean towards love, which is all about forgiveness, which is all about understanding that everything is always happening I'm getting so excited. I'm losing my voice. Everything (laughs) is always happening for you, right? It's really Mm -hmm. understanding that you are so supported and you are so loved. So really looking at every single situation and knowing that you have the power, you have the power to choose every single time. Do I want to perceive this situation from the lens of fear or do I want to perceive the situation through the lens of love and it's always going to be about shifting your perception because every single situation every scenario even the worst thing that you can imagine happening to you it is always a neutral situation it's really about how we give it meaning right and to understand that everything that is happening right now or will happen it is always setting you up for growth it is always going to get you to where you need to be so really remembering that it's all about perception and that you have the power to choose ooh you oh <laughs> my gosh i <laughs> I don't even, I have no words. I have no words after that. So thank you. So, okay. What about someone who is at their nine to five job who wants to start a business or pursue something on the side? I know that you're an expert at that. You've been in the corporate world for three years. Like, what would you tell that person who's like, they have a full-time job and a full-time career, but they know that there is more for them. They know that they have this calling. What should they do? (laughs) This one is not going to be as revolutionary, but Mm -hmm. just do it. It's really just about getting started. It's about taking the first step. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? Because so often we can get really caught up in our head like, oh, but like, can I really do this? And once I do this one thing, what if this, thing's ha- what if this thing happens? And what if this mm-hmm. other thing happens, right? We get so caught up and we also end up like getting stuck in something called the ducks in a row syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to like wait till all the ducks are in a row. And it's like, that ain't going to happen. That will happen when you take the first step, right? Mm-hmm. So really my 
advice would be if you are passionate about something, if you feel drawn about something, if something lights your soul up on fire, mm-hmm. ask yourself today, what is one thing that I can do today to get started and get myself closer to fully embracing and sharing this passion and this gift? And once again, it's about the little steps. It's about getting started as soon as possible, right? Because as cliche as it sounds, you know, a year from now, you would have wished that you started today or however they say it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really about taking the action, right? And that I think is a very important thing to keep in mind because you know, as spiritual people, sometimes, you know, other people tend to look at us and think like, oh, spiritual people don't get things done. They just sit there and meditate all day, right? Mm -hmm. But that is not true. As spiritual people, not only are we connected, but we take massive freaking action because Mm -hmm. we know how important our purpose is on this planet. And so really, my advice is to take that massive action. And even when you don't know how something is going to turn out, trust, okay? Take that action and trust that you are going to be supported and guided towards the next best step. Oh my gosh. I think that was such a, an amazing message and definitely directed to me today. As well. <laughs> Especially the trust part, because it can be so easy, like you said, to get caught up in thinking of the what's next, right? But it's like, as long as you're taking, you know, that one step forward and then the next step forward, and then the next step forward, it's like, you'll always get a nudge for the next step. And you may not be able to see 30 steps down the road unless, of course, you're holding the faith of what you what you kind of want to feel 30 steps down the road. But um, yeah, just like, I don't know. That was just such a good piece of advice. And I feel like it really resonated with some of the thoughts I was having today um, related to kind of that trust and having faith for the path that you're taking, especially when you feel called and you know there is something for you to do on this earth and you want to do it. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And I think this is also something that, you know, we all need to be constantly reminded because I can get caught up in like ducks in a row syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. Like when fear comes in and whatnot. So it's really such a great reminder at all steps of the journey, not just in the beginning. Yes. Oh, so That is, we're like wrapping up now, but I really want you to kind of let everyone know where they can find you. Of course, I will link everything down below in the show notes. And then what exciting things you have coming down the pipeline? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, where you can find me, you can first find me on Instagram at PSMLA. Um, You can also join my super freaking badass community of spiritual badasses on Facebook. So I have a Facebook group called The Spiritual badass entrepreneur tribe. I absolutely love it. It's a great vibe in there. Super amazing community. And honestly, like just such a great place to be um, and connect with like-minded souls. Um, So those are two places that you can find me. And also you can find me on my website, www.psmella.com. And exciting things coming down the pipeline. (laughs) Okay. So this is actually kind of funny because we just talked about my job and I absolutely love what I do. I love my company and everything but just in listening to the nudges like I was saying Mm -hmm. um, and you know walking my talk I have been feeling the nudge for a little while now that it's really time for me to focus full-time 
on my soul calling to really build that to really grow my platform grow my message to reach more people and to help more badass ambitious light workers and spiritual badasses in the world um, really come home to who they are and to shine their light unapologetically so i have quit my job <laughs> oh my god wait ah! <laughs> congratulations i like i remember talking about this but like i wasn't I wasn't sure if I could say it. <laughs> well, I, obviously, I want you to announce. But <laughs> yeah, so um, it happened officially like two weeks ago. So mm -hmm. I'm still working my day job until May 1st. And honestly, like I'm not leaving on like any negative terms or like mm -hmm. with any kind of like, you know, like, oh, I hate my job. It's not like that at all. Honestly, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for the way that my job has set me up for success in the mm -hmm. online world. Um, and honestly, like, the way that it has allowed me to discover myself like on a whole mm -hmm. deep level because if it wasn't for my job I wouldn't have had that deep awakening I wouldn't be where I am today right but ultimately I know that it's really my focus now to focus on um, you know sharing my message even more so I will actually be going to Bali mm. <laughs> after that yay <laughs> um, I will finally be living out my dreams I'm like looking at my vision board right now and it's just like oh my god digital no madam Bali <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing for the month of June. Mm -hmm. And then in July, I'm going to be doing a second yoga teacher training in Kundalini mm -hmm. Yoga specifically so that I can better learn, you know, how to really integrate the Kundalini technology principles and the Kriyas and everything about Kundalini Yoga mm -hmm. into my work with my clients, into my content, into the way that I serve my community. Because mm -hmm. honestly, like for me, like the way that I like to sum up the things that I do is really the combination of spirituality, which I break out into Kundalini Yoga and A Course in Miracles. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have the mindset, which is NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And then you have mm -hmm. the aligned business strategy, right? For me, when you combine Kundalini, the spiritual side of things, with like the more practical neuro-linguistic programming, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like freaking magic for your subconscious. Like there is no way that you will not be unstoppable when you mm -hmm. combine the two together in your routine. So it's really super exciting for me to have this training to further deepen my knowledge in Kundalini yoga and be able to better elevate my message and the way that I serve my community. So that's what's coming up in the pipeline. So freaking excited. Yay! That is so much like awesome stuff coming up. It is. Oh my God. I'm just I am living. We have to talk, obviously, after this, but I am living right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I am so, so, so happy that we have had this chance to just talk and basically for you to share your story and just like your nuggets of wisdom with my audience. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure and I'm so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it with someone you think would enjoy it too. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave me a review of what you think about this podcast. It would make my day and it would help other people discover this podcast, people that really need to hear these words. So until next time, have an amazing day and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. 
What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.